We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hey there, how we doing? Ivy Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling along with Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers. Yes, it is Monday and Notre Dame's 3-2 and two after a third straight win. 28-20 over BYU Saturday night in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. Glad to have all of our, uh, a lot of our regulars along. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not a regular and maybe you're just jumping in on the YouTube for the first time, welcome to the show or you know even if uh, you're you're here and and we don't necessarily hear from you it's always good to have you yeah. as well and <laughs> i'm already getting crap from from salty talking about there was a show scheduled to start three minutes ago we're here we're, we're here. here vince and i had things we had to catch up on on the back end things were actually working <laughs> this true. time it wasn't internet issues it wasn't computer issues we were just talking more than usual it was we gossip we were, we were, were gossiping that's we right. Gossiping. It is what it is. That's right. I'd love to tell you who we, we were gossiping <laughs> about, but you know, if you know either one of us, <laughs> first, it has no nothing to do with anyone from from Irish Brain. That is correct. Well, and just, yeah, I don't want to like subtweet anybody too hard. There. No, no, no. The difference <laughs> is we're professionals, so we won't bring it up. But that's right. That's know. exactly right. <laughs> Great to have you. Again, today, we've got a lot of Notre Dame football, of course, we're going to talk about. we got rapid fire coming up uh, in in a little bit as well. And uh, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll promote this right off the top. I published a podcast, uh, audio only, with Neil Ivey. Neil, I, oh. Neil and I, you know, Notre Dame women's basketball coach, I did a one-on-one interview with her last week. Um, it was... It wasn't early morning, but she had to get up at like 5.30 in the morning. They had a morning practice, and Oof, so woof. we did the interview on video <laughs> after practice, and she's like, yeah, I really don't want you to use the video. If you could only <laughs> use the audio. <laughs> so, so it's audio only. We posted Funny. that podcast, you know, so wherever you get your audio podcast, you can find. I've got the, the one-on-one with Neil Ivey up there right now. Nice. Just posted that today. She's and, always a great interview. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great stuff. You know, we talked about Sherelle Allen, a former Notre Dame women's basketball player who's now on the staff, joined the the, uh, the staff as an assistant this year. And, you know, of course, we talked transfers and stuff. There's a lot of good – there's a lot of interesting stuff about transfers. Like if you're one of those, you know, why so much transferring and, and those kind of things, 
you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff <laughs> we talked about there, and you know, some of the transfer players that she brought in. It's yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff. She was active. There's no doubt about that. For sure, had to be, but <laughs> but again, we we get to that whole thing. So you'll you'll find that on our audio podcast channels wherever you get your audio podcasts and of course give us a, a five-star rating if you don't mind and review and rate and all that kind of good stuff and hit the like button right now if you don't mind if you love drinking coffee every morning you have to check out trade coffee trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country trade coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day no fancy equipment required trade partners with the nation's top rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule and you get to support small local businesses which is a win-win whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrows, every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado, Looking to discover something new? Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince? Let's waste no more time. Yes, sir. My question, to, my question to you today, after watching Saturday night's 28-20 victory over BYU, is this Notre Dame team now the Notre Dame team we thought they would be when this season started? No, not really, because I anticipated that Tyler Buckner was going to be the quarterback, and the offense would have looked a lot different, frankly, True. if Tyler Buckner was the quarterback. So. This is not the offense that I anticipated. This is the offense I anticipated once Drew Pine took over. 
So it's almost like you you can't erase the first two games. I mean, that, that's that's illogical. You can't do that. But it was they were attempting to be a different team offensively than they are now, right? Now, I will also say that this is the offensive line that I anticipated that Notre Dame would have, you know, at the beginning of the season. That's for sure. It, but it, the offense does not look the way that I anticipated that it would look because I thought it would be more, you know, read option, more Tyler Buckner using his legs, you know, you know, RPOs, things like that. They're not running a lot of RPOs. They're not obviously Drew Pine is not a, a, an option to run the ball on design runs, right? He he, that's just not who he is, and right. that's not who they're asking him to be. So it looks a lot different than what I anticipated in the summertime. It absolutely does, but it looks like the team that it needs to be with the personnel that they have available. And that's a good thing. Good points. I like the way you differentiated that. That's a great point. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. I was, I guess I was thinking more overall, just in, in terms of the quality of play, Sure. you know, that kind of thing. And even then we're still seeing, you know, those, those deficiencies, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's, that kind of continues to make games closer than maybe <laughs> they should be, you know, then closer than really the games are. Those are the things that are baffling to me. Was in like specifically with such an experienced linebacker core, yeah. we're still looking for more there. Was such a, uh, you know, veteran laden, talent laden defensive line, we're still looking for more there. I don't know. Is the jury still out for you on Al Washington? Where where are you with him after a dozen years of Mike Elston? Predominantly as the sure. defensive line coach. Obviously, he ventured to linebackers for a couple of years. Right. You know, and like if you look at that stretch, that was the couple of years that Notre Dame's defensive lines were kind of so-so. Then as soon as Mike Elston came back, the play really elevated yeah. once again. So I don't know. You know, like between a new defensive coordinator – it's it's crazy that what we assumed was going to be the weakness of the defense, the secondary has become the strength, and the other two units, while they have shown themselves at times, <laughs> they're really not at the level I think that we thought they were going to be at this year. Yeah, I mean, you no, know, no, I, I agree with you, and I think that the defensive line has shown flashes, right? I think they've shown flashes of being really, really good. But then they've also shown flashes of being subpar uh, yeah. and not not the defensive front that Notre Dame needs them to be. I, I think the I think the secondary has been a revelation overall. If we're talking about the complete five games, now there's definitely been you know some issues here and there. I think some of that is play calling. You know, with the with the safety blitzes, we talked about that in the post game show. Just need to, at this point, they just need to scratch that from the playbook because. Either it's just not a good fit from an execution standpoint or whatever. Uh, if if Ramon Henderson isn't 10 yards away from the ball <laughs> when they don't call blitz. a safety don't blitz, blitz the safety. then don't blitz the safety, okay? Because he is the only one that can get home on it. And for whatever reason, every time they blitz the safety, there's nobody in the middle of the field. So they just need to get rid of that. And you know what? Jaden Mickey, obviously, he didn't struggle the whole game. But like the big plays, you know, the big play singular was on him. But he's a true freshman. He's yeah. going to make mistakes. And so you, you have to anticipate that if you're leaning on a true freshman as much as you are. Ben Morrison is obviously playing fantastic football for a true freshman for any year. Yeah. Okay. Not just for a true freshman, for any year. But he's the exception, right? 
he you, you can't be like, well, if he's playing great, then Jaden Mickey should be playing great as well. And every true freshman should be playing great. He's the exception to the rule, obviously. So you have to anticipate that Jaden Mickey is going to make mistakes. And, and Marcus Freeman talked about that in his press conference today. He's like, look, he knew what he was supposed to do. He jumped a different route and a guy was wide open. You know, he knew what he was supposed to do. He didn't do it. Yeah. And that's a freshman mistake. So other than that, I, I you know, Tariq Bracey's been playing really well. You know, Joseph has been playing well, not as well as I thought he would, if I'm being honest, but he he's playing fairly well. But I mean, I'm not going to go through every guy. The secondary has been a revelation. I will say yeah. that. I should, mention, is, I should mention Tariq Bracey, Marcus Freeman says, has a, it sounded like a, I think grade one hamstring yes. strain is what he said. Low yeah. grade, he's hoping you know that maybe he's back for Saturday. I don't. You know, this don't is probably it. a game where you could do without Tariq yeah. Bracy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't. It, it's not. I think we saw what happens when you rush a guy back, like they did with Jarrett Patterson. He was not a hundred percent, and it showed. And it took him a few games to kind of get his sea legs under him and and get to be a hundred percent healthy. There is no need to push Tariq Bracy back. He is literally your best DB right now. Yeah. Okay. He's your best defensive back. He's your best corner. He is playing lights out. You don't need him against Stanford. In fact, Stanford is a great game to get Jaden Mickey more reps so that those freshman mistakes are fewer and far between as you move on in the season because obviously you're going to need Jaden Mickey. But this is a perfect opportunity to give him a start at nickel and let him play. Uh, Let him... Hamstrings are funny, man, and just like Stymie says, no, I know. It will I've had I've had hamstring pulls before, yes. and they they are like you can be like one. It's uncomfortable as all get out, just trying to walk around and do simple yes. things, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like it feels like you've got a freaking grapefruit in the middle of the back of your leg, right? That hurt, you know, a grapefruit that hurts in the middle of the back of your leg, right? And then. Like when you think that, okay, now it's healthy. And then as soon as you put a little burst on it, and I know like I don't look like a, a burst guy. Trust me, in my younger <laughs> years, I could move around a little yeah, bit, baby. you know. <laughs> and it just like when you, just when you think it's right, if it's not 100% there, it's just, it's going to keep giving you problems. And yeah. just the more rest, the better, the, you know, that's yep. basically it, I think. For a hamstring, that is absolutely accurate. And I wouldn't, I mean, look, you honestly, you do not need to rebrace the next two weeks. You don't. Yeah. And there's no reason to push him at this point. You will need him for Clemson. Yeah. That's when you need him. Okay. And that's when you want your team to be at 100% full health. You've got time between that. that that's November. I mean, I, I would like to have him back for Syracuse. Not going to lie, but. You need him back for Clemson. So that that's what I would be looking at personally. Uh, there's some comments that I want to get to here. Salty has written a, sh- a small book. So I want to get to some of his points, <laughs> right. Ari, this topic about whether or not Notre Dame is back. I agree. I think that, or not, not the question was not whether they are back. It is, you know, are they the team we thought they were going to be going into the season? And again, I think it's good that you differentiated because we did think the offense was going to look completely different yeah. under Tyler Buckner, but we saw two games of Tyler Buckner. And even when Tyler Buckner was in there, that offense didn't look anything like 
at least I thought it was going to look with Tyler Buckner manning the helm. And that, and so that's been the biggest thing to me. Cause like even this game, though it was successful and they ran for over 200 yards again, and they had nearly 500 yards of total offense yeah. again, that's like the, some of the things that, that Tommy Reese decided to do offensively really confused me. And again, it goes back to personnel packages and maybe yes. think, you know overthinking things a little too much especially when you get down inside you know the 5 yard line when they continue to try to to ram it right up the gut it's like this was a team you know one when you brought in all that personnel they did what i think you know you would think that they would do instead of three down linemen they brought in an extra lineman and of course especially in the red zone you know they've got they're packing eight guys in the box and you're outnumbered down there and what happens? You get pushed backwards instead of getting it into the end zone. I felt like there were plenty of opportunities where they could have been exploiting the perimeter on BYU, and that's not what they decided to do. You know, again, they still ended up having statistically a good rushing sure. game, but really, you know what? Two two big runs, I think, really padded that. And so, outside of that. What you know? How how really consistent was your running game when they needed to run at the end? Yeah, they were able. Yeah, to run they did. It. But the way they went about things with the heavy packages and and you know the power stuff, I was I was surprised by that. You know, in terms of the game plan. But you know, well, yeah, it's and been a different game plan week to week. It was it was very strange some of the things that they did from a personnel standpoint. I mean, they go. 13 personnel so they had three tight ends on the field right second and nine backed up to your own end zone going out but then when they're on the goal line trying to score they're in 11 personnel like it's like it's like somebody flipped around the play card and Tommy Reese got confused or something I I, I realized that didn't happen but it's like that was two completely different things it was almost like he was getting a little bit too cute for himself going 13 personnel with the with your back to the goal line on second and nine, and then we know you're not going to run the ball there. You're probably going to throw it, and they did. It was just, it was just weird. It was like he was almost getting too cute running a naked bootleg with with Drew Pine is also not right. the most intelligent thing to do either with your back to the goal line. But you know, like I don't know about necessarily naked, but like, and I know what you're saying. Like with your back to the goal line, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. But then, like, if you flip it to you know to BYU's goal line stand after you've tried to ram it in there three right. plays, I would have loved to have seen yes. some kind of bootleg with, with Drew Pine. He probably could have walked it. He, he could have either walked into the end zone or one of the tight ends released yes. and would have been wide open. That play that they ran on second and nine out of 13 personnel would have been perfect for when they were down on the goal line. Because right. it was, right. it was a, it, all three guys went out on routes and they were all there and it was levels and all right. these, like it would have been perfect. It, why are you calling it at the other end? Like it just, it didn't make sense to me. That, that it's was just the frustrating, problem. Vince, because you know after sitting here watching, you know, spending three plus hours, you know, earlier in the day watching my alma mater, Kansas, which obviously is not synonymous with football, <laughs> and the right. creativity they have in that offense, and then watching Notre Dame at night run that offense, it's like. Why are you why are you subjecting me to this torture? That's exactly <laughs> what it was. It's torture compared to some of these other offenses uh, we see sometimes. I'm with you. I and like I said, I gave Tommy a lot of credit for the last two games about it was a great 
game plan for for Drew Pine, et cetera, et cetera. And at times on Saturday, I saw that, but there were more times where I didn't, and that was concerning, frankly. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and and again, players have bad games, coaches have bad games. I get it, but I'm hoping that he goes back to where he was the first you know, the, the first couple of games of Drew Pine's tenure, then his third game. It, it, it was just, it was confusing at times. I will say that. It was confusing yeah. at times. Vince, you want to address this real quick from Josh, no upon further review. Yes. <laughs> so it, it was supposed to be Brian and Ryan. They were going to do the fir- upon further review podcast last night because my twin daughters had their 13th birthday. So we were partying it up, you know? And uh, so Ryan was going to step in for me. And I saw a tweet by Brian at one point that said, they hadn't gotten the film yet uh, because they get coaches film and all that fun stuff. And that's what they like to go off of. And so they were yeah. pushing it back to eight o'clock. They must not have gotten the film because I don't think that they ever actually had the podcast. I went and looked uh, today because I was, I wanted to rewatch it. I wanted to watch that podcast to be honest. I wonder with you. if it had to do with like the fact they were playing in an NFL stadium. Like it's if possible. there were, you know, maybe different rules or just, you know, like, yeah, things done differently because of that. So I'm not a hundred percent sure why they decided to. My guess is they didn't get the film, and if you don't get the film, it's very difficult to have a podcast. Uh, but I was unaware that they were going to cancel. They obviously did cancel, and I understand. I, I get why, uh, but I didn't realize that was going to be the case. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I wanted to watch it today. I had a little bit of time at work. I was going to kind of put it on in the background. And uh, I did not get that opportunity. So, so know. apparently, USMA eighty seven says Ryan said they got it this morning. So, okay, so there you. I go. don't know. There don't you know. go. So maybe they'll have something. Maybe they'll have a special, you know, at night yeah. or something. Because I know it's one of my favorite podcasts of the week, and I know for Brian, he loves getting the the board out and drawn, and I know he enjoys it. So getting down and dirty, he does. He enjoys it. So maybe they'll do a special one at night sometime. We'll have to okay. wait and see. You guys right. tweet at him, everybody. Everybody yes. tweet at him, and we'll get you know he'll do it. All right. So I want to get to to Salty and this book that he wrote for us here in the chat. So he agreed with you. He said, mm-hmm. regarding the show topic, and again, the show topic, is this team who we thought they were going to be now? Regarding the show topic, number one, I didn't think we would have Drew Pine at quarterback, so we don't have the mobile quarterback aspect to the offense that I thought we would have. Completely agree with that. And that's, honestly, that you know, that's like the thing that I was, uh, you know, like when I was just talking about looking at some of these other offenses, that was an element I was actually really looking forward to, seeing that Tyler Buckner element in this offense. We did not get to see much of it. And, you know, again, maybe we found out why the fact that all it took was one hit in game number two and Tyler Buckner is done for the season. You know, maybe they maybe they didn't want him running that much. But also negates a big part of why you recruited him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Signed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay, so... Point number two from Salty Virginia Peanuts. I thought the wide receivers would be more active in the offense. No shade. Maybe they reset with Pine and things seem to be opening up to game. What do you think about that, Vince? I will agree with that because we have seen baby steps from the wide receivers as as Drew Pine has gotten more comfortable 
and he's had more time and we, you know, Tobias was hashtag free Tobias. He was on the field and he was actually on the field when they threw the ball. Uh, I think, I believe he laid a pretty good block at one point. And so he's starting to get more active. I will also say that Drew Pine missed some open guys that there were times when the wide receivers were open and he, he was kind of locked in on Michael Mayer. Now, is that a bad thing to be locked in on Michael Mayer? He's a pretty darn good receiver of the football. He's breaking records. He's doing targeted all targeted 15 times, had 11 catches. Yeah, just set the I mean, tight end program record. So I, I get it. <laughs> Michael Mayer's a dude, right? And he is one hell of a security blanket. Okay. So I get it. But for the maturation process of Drew Pine as the starting quarterback, he's going to need to be able to find the wide receivers a little bit more often, spread the wealth a little bit more often because there will be defenses out there that can maybe not take Michael Mayer away, but not allow him to have 11 catches, you know? So Clemson, right? That's, you know, yeah, like absolutely. Absolutely. Clemson, that's the Clemson's next step. Gonna, Clemson's going to be able to, to, to dedicate more to him. Right. In a, you know, better athletes at him than really anyone that he's seen since Ohio state. That's what yes. I, I completely agree. So, you know, again, Every week, they are allowing Drew Pine to do a little bit more with the pass game. Yeah. And that's very obvious and very clear. I mean, you see it just in the pass attempts. Yes, no question. And so, and he's doing a good job with what he's been asked to do. And again, little by little, they're giving him a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So it's good, right? So the next step is for him to spread the ball around a little bit more. He's got plenty of time by the uh, offensive line. That's for darn sure. You know what? Since... I think I'll, I want to I want to spend a lot of time talking about Drew Pine, and just because of the way you know we do this show, let's dedicate a lot of time. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. Ooh, we'll get okay. into Drew Pine okay. a little bit, you know, some other stuff. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I want to. Yeah. I have some specific <laughs> thoughts. Okay, and I don't want to get like too sidetracked on that, you know, because I want to like get to to Salty's points here as well that he's making because I think he's got some pretty good points on you know on some of this stuff that's absolutely that's pretty fitting. So I want to get to that. There's a couple other you know comments that I just see right now. So I I, I want to we'll do that tomorrow. The because uh, again I, I want to spend I want to spend like a lot of time and you know yeah you know, we we don't do three hour shows like 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 some guys on this show. Right? <laughs> so. That's true. That is true. <laughs> well, I want to be able to do that and, and spend a lot of time on it. Okay. No, that's good. That'll be fun. That said, point number three from Salty. Love this. He says, I thought I would be seeing dominant wide receiver performances from Merriweather, shade intentionally thrown in Tommy <laughs> Reese's general. I mean, I think we all thought that. We did. And like, Marcus Freeman was not as specifically or not even in general about Tobias Merriweather today. But mm. like when you hear some of his comments about practice, and proving yourself in practice and those kind of things. It, they're all points that obviously apply. Like you have to build the trust and confidence in your coaches in practice. And those are the kind of things that we've heard with Tobias. And he is obviously not there yet, you know? So. Right. I mean, and he hasn't hit the threshold that Tommy Reese holds for guys that need to be on the field. Yeah. And whether we agree or disagree with it, that's the reality that we are living in. You know, you, me, the fans, the posters, like we don't get, we don't get to 
decide who gets to play, unfortunately. And we don't have the luxury of seeing practice either. And so the bar is set very high to get on the field, and he hasn't met that. That's kind of where we're at, unfortunately. Right. right. And again, I've got a soundbite where he was talking about Prince Kali, and yeah, I think I'll save that for tomorrow. I think we'll have some good content for okay. tomorrow to get into some of these. And I'll be on shows. three days in a row, so because the That's way true. Jesse and I have jockeyed our times, and I think after this week we're going to be evened up again, which is probably a good thing. But. That sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> okay, salty point number four with Freeman, Whoa. Golden, and Laurinaitis on the staff. I thought our linebackers would be tied with the O-line as our most dominant units. Linebackers can seem lost. And it is, it's the most puzzling thing to me. Because again, like when you look at that, like James Laurinaitis, great reputation as a linebacker, comes over here, the connection to Marcus Freeman at Ohio State. They both played the position. Obviously, yeah. Freeman was the yeah. linebackers coach and defensive coordinator last year. And Al, Gordon, Al Golden just coached linebackers in the NFL. Now yep. he's the coordinator. He's the position coach. And I'm just dumbfounded at what we've seen yeah. from this group, especially considering your leading tackler from a year ago, even though he had a you know maybe a better game against BYU when he got in in the second half, but he has still been a head-scratcher this yeah. season with, with his inconsistent play. No, there's no doubt about it. It's been a head-scratcher, and it – you know, I was I watched most of the press conference from today, and you know they they referenced the linebackers, and so Marcus Freeman was talking about Jack Kaiser and how he, you know, Jack Kaiser was the defensive player of the game uh, yesterday. He was named the defensive player of the game. I get it. He actually had a really good game. There's yep. no doubt about that, right? And he has shown his versatility, being able to play rover and being able to play inside. And I think that was the genesis of the question. And Marcus Freeman said that Jack Kaiser is the most athletic linebacker that they have and that one got me yeah <laughs> if i'm being honest i mean you know I for think one Jack i think the best the most athletic guy <laughs> linebacker they have is not playing this year because he's a freshman <laughs> and there are there are a couple of them who are probably more athletic than kaiser right I, yes that is the nice way to put it look jack kaiser is a good player and i'm not saying he's not athletic good player but yeah he's not the most athletic guy you have yeah. Right. He may be the most versatile guy because he knows both positions. He, you know, there's a lot of great things you can say about Jack Kaiser. He's not the most athletic guy you have. That's not the terminology I would personally use. Right. But he had a good game on Saturday. No doubt about that. I just, if that is reality, if Marcus Freeman actually thinks that Jack Kaiser is the most athletic linebacker they have, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. So, but, I mean, again, Jack is a good linebacker. He is. And I think he fits actually inside better than he does outside. He's he's playing pretty well too. on the inside. Like, I will say that he gives them better athleticism by moving in, you know, at, at the inside right. position. And they can be more athletic, uh, you know, at Rover when he's playing inside as opposed yes. to playing Rover. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, He's definitely not the most athletic, and if they think that, that's a that's a problem. So again, drunk Vigo, we're not saying that he's the most athletic. That's what that's what Marcus Freeman said. Yes, I'm just reporting that that's what he said in his press conference. But uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. But he also said that there is very good competition going on to see who the first two linebackers are going to be to step on the field. 
I hope that's true because Prince Kali has been playing pretty darn well in his limited role. Yes. And again, like when you talk about athletes and what you've seen from Prince Kali right. so far, there's a lot of promise there. And I think it's great that we're starting to see right. more of him. So, so uh, I just want to interject real quick. Upon further review will be tonight at eight o'clock. Okay. Officially. So tonight at eight o'clock. All right. That's good. Show topic number okay. five. I was looking at Vigo. I, I just saw him say this is a clown show, and I'm like, well, I, yeah. thought Vigo, I thought Vigo was here for us, and then he said, I'm not calling you guys clowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I thought, too, at first. I was like, Vigo, it's not us. We're not saying it, man. I know. Are you really drunk over there or what? <laughs> Literally? And then finally, Salty <clears throat> says, I did not think I would see football game day in Lawrence, Kansas. Sean, my condolences. I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, wait, not a show topic. That's okay. I just, it was, you know, again, I'm at least encouraged by the fact that I can turn on a TV and find Kansas football. And, you know, even if it was on FS1, it was still, you know, on my, you know, my, my cable setup and was able to watch it. And it's just, what really kills me is like that game, a a one touchdown game. Yeah. uh, Again, you know, against another really great scoring offense, it came down to two plays really. And, the biggest one was when Daniels, the quarterback, fumbles at the one-yard line in the closing moments of the first half, and then TCU goes, boom, right down the field, scores in six plays. I mean, that's a 14-point swing right yeah. there in a game that was decided by a touchdown. Yeah. And then they bring in Bean off the bench. He had transferred from North Texas. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. He played really well. I was impressed with how he played. Because I mean, obviously he played last year, you know, when and it was it was up and down, but he played really well, got him to the end zone multiple times, hit some throws downfield, but ask him to throw a short pass, and it was kind of <laughs> like Tyler Buckner last year. You know, he threw just a really bad interception that TCU was, you know, got a short field and was able to turn into a touchdown. So really those two plays in a one touchdown game, and it's like, oh, if you could have those back, yeah, it's completely different. So yeah, no doubt. But, it, you know, but again, it's like it's once every 15 or so years that right. there's anything true. with Kansas football to care about. So yeah. I'm, I'm savoring that there's actually something to care about right now. <laughs> so I, I tell, I'm just happy I got to watch football this this week because uh, last weekend ESPN was taken off from my the, the subscription service that I have because of, uh, you know, they were fighting about rates and all these other things. And I'm trying to watch. You know, games that were on ESPN or the ESPN family of networks, and I couldn't watch any football. It was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. On the bye week of all things. Yeah. Vigo said Tobias would already have several catches at other programs, bro. I, I don't disagree with that. No I disagreement mean, like, here. I think we were t- yeah, on the countdown show, there was some pro football focus information that I found about freshman receivers. There are like I think I can't remember now off the top of my head. I had it written down the other day, but there's a good percentage. I think it's around maybe half of the uh, the top twenty, um, you know, freshman receivers in this class have somewhere around two hundred snaps, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And there's basically Tobias has the second fewest snaps of any of the and, top freshmen, and only because the, country. the last one is injured. That, yeah, I mean that. So he's he literally has the least amount of snaps of anybody that was in the top twenty freshmen. 
uh, recruiting class as a wide receiver who is healthy. That's a problem. <laughs> but hey. Tyler said, here's $10 for Brian Kelly's press conference today because I think LSU showed up late to the Tennessee game or never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love it. That's some serious shade, and I lo- I'm here for it. All That's right. Well done, Tyler. Uh, and then uh, back on the subject of wide receivers, Brian says, Vince, is Jaden Thomas trending upward? Notre Dame really needs that second wide receiver behind Styles to step up. Um, MM Michael can Mayer. do it all in the passing game. Blocking is still terrible. I, look, I'm not going to disagree with your last statement at all. Uh, it, it It is not good. I will say that Jaden Thomas is trending upward. That was a great catch on a bad throw by Drew Pine. No doubt about that. It was severely underthrown. But I will also say they're starting to use him a little bit more correctly. They're starting to use him on some crossers and some things of that nature. And We talked about it in the postgame show. He is a perfect fit in the slot in this offense. Yeah. He is not your prototypical slot receiver like the 5'8", you know, scat kind of guy. He is a matchup nightmare for a nickel or a safety or a linebacker because he's got good size. But he, the problem is he's not going to run away from anybody stretching the field. He can play the seam. He can do crossers. He can do all of those different things and be really, really effective. That's what they need him to do. Not trying to stretch the field vertically. That's just not who he is. He's not going to separate. Well, from guys and because of his physicality and his speed as well on those crossing patterns i mean that's like right that's gold you know he's not going to get lost like a little slot right obviously like an edelman or those kind of guys but just just because of the phys- physicality that he has because you know just in general like if you look across football you just you don't see as many crossing patterns as you as you used yeah, to, that was you know, like, like you see all these route concepts where automatically everything either goes outside or downfield, yeah. and there's so much space in the middle of the field that is not used. You know, and and a, and a guy like him, you know, you get a you get a man to man defense with with that kind of body, and that's just perfect right. for it. You yep, know? absolutely. So I, I think if they start using him correctly and and enhancing what he does i think he can be really special in the slot i think that could be a really good position and he could be that number two guy behind styles because you're right brian they need more than one option behind michael mayer because right now michael mayer is number one and we always said that was going to be the case no matter who the quarterback was going to be he was always going to be the alpha then lorenzo styles and then question mark right yeah well, Braden thomas has an opportunity or Jaden thomas excuse me has an opportunity to be that guy if they use him correctly. Concur. All right, we've got another super chat here from Milton Fan 15. Vince, I spit my water out laughing at your caveman voice during your <laughs> BYU post game where you discussed how the NBC booth couldn't figure out the goal line. All right, so give me the give me the story. <laughs> I <on> so <laughs> So, uh we were talking about uh, the fact that Jack Collinsworth was having trouble with the down and distance uh, at times during the broadcast. And Brian said that, well, he's getting it fed in his ear as to what the down and distance is. And I said, okay, I I get that to a degree. I said, but I've called a lot of games with you and you can still see the down mark. You know, you can see the first down marker and where the down marker is and you can figure out, you know, 
about what it should be. You might be a yard off, but you're not going to be three or four yards off as Jack was on a couple of different occasions. And it was, I mean, it was bad. And I said, every play he wanted to immediately go, you know, like it, it's going to be second and five as soon as right. the play was over. Right. Get off that. You don't have to do exactly. that. All you're doing is making yourself look bad by not having the right information. Because right. me personally, I know not everyone's doing this, but like I've got my notebook and I've got my computer with the live stats up there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at the plays so that I can write down on my notebook. So I have it, you know, like after each drive to reference. Right. How many yards each play gained? And as well, I, I write the down and distance so I know like what down, obviously, you know, the play, you know, those kind of simple things Absolutely. so I can go back and find it. He was wrong pretty like the live stats and him were wrong almost probably 90%. You know, like, wow, they were not concurring about 90% yeah. of the night. And it's just really frustrating because I'm like, what do I write down? Because then like NBC would also like he would say one thing and then the TV you know, their down distance bug would show something else. It's just like, stop saying it. You don't yes, have to say it. Exactly. Way. And again, <laughs> use your eyeballs and watch where the, the, the box is what we call it, right? The, the down box, right? Watch where that is. You know, and the voice I use, like, we're going to put the down box over here and you can't even tell it by being second and five. You know, it, it was just, uh, it was disturbing to me. Because it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Don't don't count on the guys in your ear, right? I mean, yes, to a degree, who makes the tackle? Like, I get that stuff. But man, come on, dude. <laughs> it was just bad. It was just Either bad. that or just, you don't, you know, like a lot of announcers won't, they don't want the guy in their ear. Yeah. Know, so, so that. I wouldn't like it, to be honest with you. It would mess yeah. with my head. I, I would not enjoy that. Now, granted, when I do games with you, I'm watching the game. I'm taking stats. Like, I'm doing a lot of different things. And if I we had don't somebody have in my spotters. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> if I had somebody in my ear, that would be horrible. Yeah. Like, that would be – I would not enjoy that in any way. Uh, I will say most stadiums that I go to college-wise, let me stress that, are pretty good about the down and distance, and they get it up there pretty darn fast. Yeah. So, like, when we're at Notre Dame Stadium – I could get the down and distance pretty easy. I go off of the stadium scoreboard more often than anything else because that's usually pretty accurate. Right. You know, but high school scoreboards not so much. But again, as a TV announcer, you don't need to say it because there's a graphic for it right there on TV. Everyone can see it. We don't, and we especially don't need it immediately at the end of every play. Right. You know, it's just absolutely. And it's grand, you and I do radio, right? So we have to kind of explain what's happening and what's going on. So there's yeah, you have more to of over that. explain in radio because yes. nobody can see it. Yeah, exactly. But TV, you don't even need to say the down and distance. It's right there. I mean, I yeah, it was just that part was not good. That was not good by Jack. And you texted me at one point, you know, complaining about that. And Brian texted me at one point complaining about that, like about the you know, the whole broadcast. And it was the first opportunity we all have had to watch a home broadcast because we're usually at the game. And we had to suffer through it just like all of you this time around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that little mm-hmm stuck out 
stands out to you, but you could make a drinking game out of mm-hmm, watching <laughs> Notre Dame football on NBC. It was, yeah, it just wasn't good, man. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't be as critical if I hadn't been in their shoes at one point or another. You know what I mean? Like, I know right. I am not a classically trained, you know, radio person. You are. And you do a fantastic job and you brought me along, but like it, I don't know. It, it, there's just, it's, you can do it and it's, you don't have to sound terrible. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Pat asks if we're ever happy. And one, <laughs> we're sitting here laughing as we have oh, this I'm conversation. Happy. So I don't know how serious he is, but two... Our job is not to be happy. Our job is to be truthful. That's that's you know wherever that takes us. Yeah, you know I'm, you know it's probably fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a curmudgeon. I've been called worse. You that's know, right. It's all good. That's right. <laughs> I I'm sorry, but Jack Collinsworth is not good. He's not. Just not. I'm sorry, Jason. You know, and I realize. Oh. Some fans have a problem with Jason Garrett and the job he does because he he's not rah-rah enough for Notre Dame. Like, if you look at his job specifically, and again, like, this is a Notre Dame crowd. You need a Notre Dame player sitting there. NBC has tried to, you know, yeah. steer around that forever. You know, like, as a national broadcast network, NBC also gets, you know, guff from the other. I remember right at, you know, like the first broadcast of the season, one of the national sports media people did a critique of the booth and they were criticizing, you know, Jack and and um, Garrett basically for not having enough information, not telling enough of a Marshall story. And I realize, you know, again, we've got people sitting here saying, well, it was a BYU broadcast. I, I, you know, so I, I think that that they're probably – very cognizant of trying to tell that story, even though the bulk of your audience on a week to week basis is going to be a Notre Dame audience. They still consider that like, they don't consider themselves, 
you know, like a, a Notre, Notre Dame, Dame broadcast. Yeah. They consider themselves a national broadcast that happens to be Notre Dame. Which is so stupid because they promote it like it's Notre Dame football. You know, I mean, that's the logo. The logo has a, a golden dome behind it. You know what I mean? You are a Notre Dame broadcast. You're paying Notre Dame. You're not paying the visitor. So why is this an issue? Completely agree. I completely agree. But that's, you know, it's it's been this way forever. And, yeah, I know. I know. you know, again, like, I think, I think, well, I don't even need to throw names out there. There are a lot of names yes. that would make sense for that booth. Everybody, Absolutely. you know, a lot of people want Brady Quinn. He would make sense. He's got a great job with Foxo. Like, Last right. week, he was doing an NFL game for yeah. Fox. And, you know, he obviously does his Saturday stuff for Fox. He's got a great gig right now. And maybe, I don't know, I'll be interested to see, you know, like where this next contract goes. And, you know, now that NBC is a part of the Big Ten deal. And, that's right. you know, there, there are going to be some new, you know, voices and, you know, announcers and stuff like that. They're going to have to just because the fact that they're going to be, you know, doing multiple games. So. I tell you what, this is this is a topic that I was going to save for rapid fire tomorrow, and it's already starting to blow up right now. So I don't know if you want to pursue it more here, or do you want to just save hey, it for tomorrow? I, I I I can audible pretty easily. So you tell me what we're doing, and I will follow your lead. I, I uh, Mil Milton fan is cracking me up, though. I will say that. Uh, I got to fill this up here. Milton fan says, "My wife, are you almost done with that?" Me, no. I think Vince is going to do the voice. Wife, well, thanks. So what is this voice? What what, what, what? the one that I did? Uh, the, we we oh. don't know what the we. Apparently that. <laughs> apparently that is uh, that. That's what gets Milton going, I guess. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. And uh, we are not Marshall says Sean and Vince are happy. Their IB Nation checks cash. So another week of employment. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, it's a job, and so yeah. Spot the lie. It was great. I mean, yeah, I'm happy. That's right. Always happy. I got direct deposit for the first time in two years working for Average Breakdown, so I don't have to go to Brian's house and get a check. It's yeah. great. I'm happy. Like, how about Joe Theismann? You know, look, there's lots of options. I'm sure for Joe color. would love it. Joe's, you know, Joe's got yeah. There's there's a lot of different options, but NBC they've been doing this for 30 years now, and none of the analysts have ever been a Notre Dame right. guy. I mean, the Golics are both available. I mean, there's a lot of options out there for color. And again, Jason Garrett isn't the guy holding this team back. No. I, I will say that. Uh, so I think Garrett, you know, there are some things like if you listen to like Garrett's strategic stuff, again, as a Dallas Cowboys fan who watched, right. you know, uh, uh, watched that every week. Now, there were some things early on I liked about Jason Garrett because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. Sure. And, you know, there's a certain kind of person who who is going to be the head coach. So you had to live, you know, with something. I think that there were some things that Jason Garrett did well. He was, you know, always organized. You know, there were a lot. There were some good things about Jason Garrett. But, you know, like watching Jason Garrett be great between the 20s. And then as soon as you start getting inside the 30, they start powering down because it's like, okay. <laughs> now we're in field goal range. We're not going to risk not being able to kick this field goal by taking a chance with a, you know, with a pass here. You know, that's that's Jason Garrett's strategy right yeah. there. So to listen to Jason Garrett talk strategy, <clears throat> I don't need any of that. But like 
he's very well versed, obviously, in play design and you know, and and being able to explain to you some things that are going on. So from that yeah. aspect, I think he actually does a pretty good job. Yeah, if, if you put him in the booth with a seasoned play-by-play guy, I think it'd be fine. If I mean, to be honest with you, I think it would be fine. It's just, it's two rookies trying to feel it out. I mean, two blind people trying to feel it out in a dark room. I mean, it's just, it's it's rough. Yeah, I like it's Dan rough. Orlovsky as well. Yeah, I thought um, he did a good job the other day. He works for ESPN, and I, I think he just renewed yeah. his contract recently. Of course so he did. it's like, you know, I I don't know what if who or if they pursued anyone before they ended up with what they ended up with. But once Tarico made the move to Sunday Night yeah. Football, and Breeze decided he you know wasn't coming back, they Jack Collinsworth was what they had, and you've got a twenty seven year old whose only previous football like football play by play experience was doing USFL games with Garrett over right. the summer, or maybe some like rocket football or something in the summer. Like I just yeah. He doesn't have the experience, and it shows. And that's that's really all there is to it. And I don't know that he's gotten better as the weeks have gone on. That's yeah. the other problem. Yeah. And, you know, literally, other guys cut their teeth in, you know, in small markets and or even, you know, FS1, right. whatever it happens to right. be. But Collinsworth is cutting his teeth on national TV. Yeah. Notre it's Dame amazing. Football. It's amazing. I mean, good for him, but like, it's amazing that he even has that opportunity. No, I know. It's just, we're going to have to live with it, you know? Fortunately, you and I don't have to. Yeah. Except for Shamrock Series games. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. We're done beating him up, Vince. 